Welcome to the Industry and Parliament Trust podcast. I am Jemima Floyd, Events and Training Officer at the IPT, and I'm here with Professor John Gibbons, Centre Director at UK Carbon Capture and Storage Research Centre, the University of Sheffield. Today we'll be discussing the opportunities present carbon capture usage and storage technology. In 2019, the Committee on Climate Change described CCUS as a necessity if the UK is to achieve the net zero greenhouse gas emission target by 2050. Thank you, John, for joining us today. Please could you start by telling us a bit about the technology behind carbon capture and storage and how it works? So carbon capture and storage are a lot of different technologies because we use fossil fuels in a lot of different ways, but they've all got essentially the same function which is to take carbon dioxide, compress it so it's almost a liquid, and then store it safely a kilometre or more underground, often in old oil and gas fields and formations that contain oil and gas fields, hundreds of kilometres offshore. So it's it's usually stored quite remote in the UK. Capturing it, well, it can come from power plants, from the exhaust gases that come out of a power plant that contain carbon dioxide, you can capture it when you're turning a fossil fuel into hydrogen. So you, fossil fuels, carbon and, and hydrogen, you strip out the carbon, store it, you've got hydrogen left. And you can even take carbon dioxide from the air. And you could do that either via biomass, so plants capture CO2 from the air. We burn the plants, capture the CO2. But you can also take CO2 directly from air. And because there's a limit on how many plants you can grow, that, that may be important. So there's lots of different ways, but they all achieve the same basic thing, that instead of taking the, the atmosphere as a free rubbish dump for CO2, which is where we've got the problem now with the excess carbon dioxide, you just clean up the waste after you, and it's pretty good analogies with where we've treated sewage in the past. Mm-hmm. With a net zero target by 2050, how could carbon capture and storage assist towards lowering greenhouse gas emissions in the UK? So actually, when you get down to it, We've got a net zero target, and if you think about it, with most of the fossil fuel, most most CO2 emissions coming from fossil fuels, the only way is either to stop using fossil fuels or have CCS. So you get to net zero by putting carbon capture and storage in all fossil fuels. End of story. The rest of it is, oh, well, how much energy do human beings get from other sources than fossil fuels with carbon capture and storage? Essentially to have fun. Okay. <laughs> it really is like that. I mean, no, so, so, so everybody says, don't, don't talk about magic bullets. Mm-hmm. But when the problem is fossil carbon getting into the atmosphere, then the solution, obviously, is carbon capture and storage mm-hmm. to stop it. Yeah. And, and you know, someone says, uh, Mars Allen, the climate scientist who talks a lot about these issues, says, well, you know, people just say, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but if your problem is eggs, your solution is baskets. Yes. <laughs> What role could carbon capture and storage play in enabling the use of hydrogen? Yeah, so so hydrogen um, is a, most cheaply made from fossil fuels where you basically strip out the carbon and you're left with the hydrogen and you, you, you make some more hydrogen by splitting water using using the carbon. And you essentially take the oxygen from the water, which is hydrogen and oxygen linked together, you strip off that oxygen react it with the carbon from the fossil fuel, release the hydrogen that was linked up to that carbon and add, add those two sources of hydrogen together and then take the CO2 away. And that's, that's the cheapest way of doing it at the moment. You can split water using renewable electricity or nuclear electricity, mm-hmm. 
but it's more expensive and the electricity is useful already in its own right. Okay. And I think what you've got to think there is we haven't looked at hydrogen in the past, but we've looked at it because we thought we were short of fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. And when you've got a climate problem, you're not short of fossil fuels. Essentially, you've got too much fossil fuel. So right. the big thing is don't put CO2 in the atmosphere. We're no longer really worried about using fossil fuels, provided mm-hmm. we don't, don't provide they are used with CCS. Okay. What infrastructure needs to be in place for the successful transportation of CO2? So I mentioned before that the CO2 is stored kilometres down, tens, hundreds of kilometres offshore in the North Sea, which is where we've got the sort of formations that will hold CO2. So starting at the, uh, the back end, first of all, you need something which you can't, which isn't really infrastructure. You either get it or you don't, which is the right sort of place to put carbon dioxide underground. And the UK is lucky that we've got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's just there. Working back from that, you then need injection wells that'll go down a kilometre and put the CO2 away and then you need pipelines going offshore to take the CO2 pipelines capable of holding gases at 100 150 atmospheres Mm -hmm. Um, CO2 flows through those pretty easily all within, well within current oil and gas technology and then onshore you've got to collect the CO2 from different sources so you need shorter pipelines offshore quite likely that those will be run at lower pressure uh, for safety reasons mm-hmm. so that's, that's the sort of infrastructure you need all of that is something that at the moment is pretty much the province of oil and gas companies and it's very very good to see oil and gas companies picking this up okay what is the importance of having a good business model and making it commercially appealing to shareholders these projects well i think that's obvious that if you're relying on private industry to do this and you know, we, we keep on saying in the in the CCS business so what if the central electricity generating board was still there was closed, closed mm-hmm. down over 20 years ago you know, they, they would just get on and do it but mm-hmm. we have we have uh, private industry doing it and of course private industry needs to know that it can recover its costs mm-hmm. so I, I, you just have to have a viable business model you do need to strike a balance between benefits to industry benefits to shareholders you do need to think about ways of funding projects which are different from maybe the, the, in the first projects than subsequent ones because there's a lot of issues that you have with the first project. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get that right, people won't move. Unfortunately, we've seen a number of projects that have started and then not really gone through because the business model wasn't there. But I'm actually off to a business model meeting mm-hmm. uh, as soon as we finish talking and I think the government gets it now. Yeah. Um, so... Essentially, it's going to happen. Uh, the other big thing, though, is making sure that the model is backed up by actual quantity of money. So, in fact, the last round of CCS projects failed because by the time people came to look at funding for those, all of the money that was available under the levy control framework had been spent already on renewables. Mm-hmm. And any excess capacity was already spent and a bit more. So if you don't essentially ring-fence a certain amount of money for carbon capture and storage, well, it won't happen. Yeah. So it's not just a model, it's a quantum of money that's needed. Okay. And you, know, you have to ask, what fraction of the UK's low-carbon funding should go towards CCS? 
At the moment, it's zero percent. Should it be fifty-fifty with other sources? Mm-hmm. It, but you know, it's got to be something significant. It can't. Yeah. It can't just be. Oh well, we've got a great model, but sorry, we've decided to give all the money to renewables. That is what happened. Okay. Re- people don't don't pick up on that. But as I say, once the levy control framework was overspent, it was very very difficult to justify spending on anything else like carbon. Um, one final question. Um, if the UK has successful projects in this area, how can they influence other countries in the use of CCUS? So I think the biggest thing is CC, CCS essentially can be viewed as just stuffing money down a hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, people are used to just dumping stuff in the atmosphere for free. Yeah. Uh, so why are you paying paying money? You know, it will cost money. You can't do it for for, for nothing. You, you you can't really get enough money, even even in places where you can do enhanced or recovery. You can't get em- enough money from utilisation to pay for this. It's it's costing money, but it's absolutely essential for tackling climate change. And I think just demonstrating that as a society, you're not prepared to throw your waste in the atmosphere, even if it is free, mm-hmm. has a huge influence globally. So you, you, you've made it... See, renewable energy, people are used to paying for renewable energy because they think it gets over a problem of shortage with fossil fuels. Right. And we've done that. It's an oil crisis type mm-hmm. of mentality. Carbon capture and storage is a climate crisis response. So just doing that will make a big difference. And then if you want to get extra benefit and really do it, then the UK needs to be open about what it's doing. Uh, we should at least initially start out some of these projects on an open access basis where the knowledge can be made freely available because we've, we've deliberately engineered the project so that we're not reliant on proprietary technology. And if you do that, that will also set a very good sort of spirit in the way that CCS is developed because countries like China and India, absolutely crucial countries mm-hmm. um, for tackling global climate change, will recognise that and will respond to it. I mean, I work with these, these countries a lot. And it's, it's not money, it's not even know-how... It's just the, the spirit of doing it. And if, if they see that the other people are prepared to spend money, they see that other people are prepared to take a climate crisis seriously and share knowledge rather than you know, play selfish commercial games yeah. entirely, yeah. it will make a difference. OK. Brilliant. Thank you very much, John, for speaking to us today. Thank you.